Listener Production. If you dropped your change in a tip jar, but the barista didn't see it, did it really happen? Whoa. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Hello and welcome to All Day Breakfast today. I'm very happy that in order to celebrate the 25th of March, which is International Tolkien Reading Day, Matt O'Kine is going to be reading the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy for what? today's show to no. celebrate. No Lord of the Rings, no Star Wars, no Harry Potter, okay? No Godfather. What? No Frodo? The best trilogy ever written is the Back to the Future movies. Okay, that is <laughs> that that is fact. But that's science fiction. Why can't you enjoy other stuff? When they get a hoverboard in Buddy Lord of the Rings, then I'll then I'm all ears, okay? Yeah. But until then, forget it. Frodo going to Mount Doom on a hoverboard. <laughs> yeah, that sounds sick. Sign me up. Um, hey, we've got a big show uh, today. We're chatting to these guys. Tell you what, they make some pretty incredible indie pop songs. It is Middle Kids and uh, lead singer today, songwriter Hannah Joy, is going to be joining us on the show. Very, very excited to uh, have a chat to Hannah and see how this album came about. It's um, it's really great. I was listening to it while painting and I was enjoying painting a wall while listening. So you know it that's must good. be pretty good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> hey, we've also got a few apologies. Uh, it is our National Apology Hotline Day, so you'll be hearing what? People around the country are very, very sorry for. Uh, but next up, Alex Dyson. It's a very, uh, it's a great day in the in the world of arts That's in Australia. It. Not only International Tolkien Reading Day, uh, it's another big one happening. Um, we'll get into that and a few memories of it in a moment. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Well, Alex Dyson, big night yesterday. The Melbourne International Comedy Festival kicking off. The gala was on TV, hosted by Becky Lucas. Incredible stuff. And did you have your first show at uh, Comedy Republic? Well, I wasn't performing, much to the Australian public's uh, happiness. Um, but we did. There were six shows going on in that morning. I was painting walls. Oh. I was setting up umbrellas, moving plywood around the place. But we uh, we put it on. It was all good. Lots and lots of fun. Because uh, Comedy Fest is a great time, man. We've had some good times. Melbourne Town Hall, been up on stage together. Yeah, um, chucking out Easter eggs to people for Good As Friday. Hitting a poor person in the eye in the back row. Ooh, I mean, yeah. just quietly, not a bad arm from Dyson there. Get to the back <laughs> row of the Melbourne Town Hall. But very lucky not to be sued. So I think I think we got, got through that one unscathed, uh, which is... Very, very good. Are you sad not to be attending this year? You've done plenty of comedy festivals over the uh, the distance. I have. You know, my very first comedy festival was 2004, Alex Dyson. I've been going what? to the comedy festival. Yeah, I was in the oh grand final, the national final of Raw Comedy in 2004. It was my fourth ever gig, right? I was turning, I was 18 years old and I was turning 19. On My, <clears throat> my birthday was the day before the uh, the grand final and I and it was it was I, I stayed in this tiny little hotel room um, in the Victoria Hotel just around the corner and 
And I remember the night before my gig, I thought I'm going to hit the town and see what this comedy festival is all about. Mm -hmm. And I ran into this guy who I, uh, two, two people who I now know very well. Okay. Um, one of them was Cam Knight. I guess. Right? Great um, comedian. And Cam Knight was chatting with a friend and I came up to Cam and I was like young, a young gun back then, pretty, pretty eager eyed. I didn't really, you know, very green. I'd done four gigs. <laughs> so saunter up to Cam was, thinking I'm a- No, what was your material at this point? What kind of, um, what sort we'll of areas are we in? <laughs> we'll get to that. We will get to that. Okay, great. I was um, going to say, you walk up, start doing your set to him straight up. <laughs> please do. I know, but I did. I walked up as if I was a, like, you know, big shot, you know. I yep. sidled up to him. I'm like, oh, hey, you know, I've seen you on Comedy Channel and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, cool. You know, nice to see you. What, what are you doing here? And I'm like, oh, I'm in the grand final of Raw Comedy. He's like, oh, that's good on you, you know. And then he's like, um, and I'm like, what, what are you doing here tonight? And he goes, oh, I'm just going to go see. I was just about to see a mate, Dave Williams. He goes, oh, yeah, do you know, uh, do you know Dave, Dave Williams? I said, yeah, 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 he's, he's great. And then and Cam was like, yeah, 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 it was really good stuff, hey? And I was like, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, I've, I've heard of him heaps. <laughs> and then Cam walks away and his mate, and I go to his mate, oh, what are you doing here tonight? And he goes, I'm Dave Williams. <laughs> and I'm like, God damn it. It's been, it has been freaking one minute. With these absolute clowns, and I'm already getting pranked by people, embarrassed by these people. Uh, always I, the comedians. Oh my god! <laughs> then I go on stage and absolutely tank. Like I mean, it scarred me for so many years. Yeah. Because Nick Sun, the winner of Raw Comedy, okay, he'd been doing comedy for about a year and a half, right? Mm. The he'd been doing it in Sydney. Oh, they're all tight group. All these great comics. They're all good friends. He's a he's a pro. Yep. He comes out, does his form of anti-comedy, okay? Now, he's he's uh, has a Chinese that's a, background. That's a tough that's a tough avenue to go down. You've got to <laughs> nail your anti-humor. Right? He's he's um got, got Chinese heritage, okay? So he comes out, he goes, "I oh, he goes straight up he's like, "Oh yeah, g'day. Um I'm Chinese. Um uh, yeah, got a small dick. $2 sucky sucky I eat dog. Get over it." Right? He's like <laughs> and that was his that oh. was his material. Yeah. It was just like it was like it was the whole yeah. Oh, he goes, oh, I'm another ethnic comic. Here's my ethnic comedy routine and did that. Sure, did that stuff, yeah, right? yeah. And it was all, all completely right. like, this is how bad comedy, bad ethnic comedy is, all right? <laughs> yep. The crowd is roaring with laughter, okay? Now, here's the thing. I was backstage. I couldn't hear what Nick Sun was actually saying. All I could hear was the roaring laughter, yep. all right? So I'm backstage going, geez, this guy's doing well. Pretty hot crowd tonight. Few few acts later, time for Matt O'Kind to come on. Young ethnic comic from Brisbane, whose only material is about being ethnic. Oh. I'm like, what's the deal with being brown? <laughs> I'm brown. People are literally just like, yes, we've oh. seen this. <laughs> Done better only moments ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I get off stage, I'm like, what the hell went wrong there? Then I finally get sent a video of the whole oh, night the full... from the ABC three months later. Unedited. I put the bloody tape in. Here's our winner, Nick Sun, destroying oh. amateur ethnic comedy to bits and winning. And then here's me a couple of acts later. I'm brown. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh my lord! Oh, bro. I didn't go. I didn't go back for four years after that. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I should and not then I think and then so. when I went back in 2008, I had an absolute career ender because I <laughs> went to Mark Watson's 24-hour show and drank the whole time. Then I had to do a gig. It was 5 p.m. in the night in the Arvo. I'd done. A, I'd done. I drank the entire 24 hours. Did my gig and <laughs> bombed. Why did you do so? That? Because I'm an idiot, Alex. <laughs> Why do you think I did it? Because I have made several stupid decisions in my lifetime and they have affected my career. Uh, bar's my still family, open. I've finished this beer. <laughs> I will just keep going for 24 hours and then get up and perform. And not perform, literally die. Like I, It was the worst. It was still the worst gig that I've done. And I didn't go back to this comedy festival for another four years. So it took me eight years of warming up. When I finally went back, best newcomer alongside Ronnie Cheng. Thank you very much. Hey, wait, right. so, wait, 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 wait. So they treated the first two times like they never happened so that you could win best newcomer. It was literally erased from the archives. From the memory. Well, it's because I didn't do a full solo show either of those times. That's why. But anyways. All right. Yes. Well, it's back. It's uh, Go out and see a show um, wherever it is. Have a very good time. And uh, we're going to be giving plenty of comedians over the next little while on the show, uh, our old pal Korean Wheatbix, aka Kiss Me Sweetly, aka Kyron Wheatley, will be joining Ooh. us tomorrow. So make sure you listen to you for that one. This is all day break. Do you want to drink from now until then, Matt? No, and then say, try no. and do the show? Nah, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> coffee? Yeah, go on. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Now I feel a buzz. Well, Matt, how were the books this week? Oh, books. Good books or bad books? Oh. What were you perusing on the shelves I, of the Okine Family Library? <laughs> I don't check the ledger. Um, it's it's often in the red. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When it comes to whether I'm in a favourable situation with my partner or not. Yeah, usually a bit over par for Matt Okine. <laughs> he gets a, gets a few bogeys, very few birdies <laughs> to get I, you to the top of the leaderboard. I brought Sophia home from daycare with no shoes uh, the other day. And Belle's like, where are her shoes? I'm like, aren't they in her bag? She's like, no. Like, Uh-oh. <laughs> She's like, you've got to check these things. I, like, I just assumed. Well, it's the, the perfect time to say things like that, Madokan, because it is National Partner Apology Hotline Day, which is where we get you um, to send us a voice memo. Say what your name is, where you're from, and let us know uh, just why you're sorry to your partner. And uh, obviously it just, just smooths things over, you know, mm. because by publicly declaring this, taking ownership of the issue um, and then apologising for it, it's, it's just a really great way to, to get things back on an even keel. Um, I'd like to apologise to my partner, uh, Woods, is the goods this week because um, I brought my, I'd been making the homemade kimchi again. Oh, you're into it still. Yeah, back another not batch. Phase, not a phase for you. No, no, this no. Is a life, this, is, this is a life. It's a new lifestyle. Um, I think from now on, though, I'm not going to, when I go put it on something, I'm going to put it on it at the kitchen. I'm not going to bring the entire jar and sit it between us at the table because it's quite a pungent aroma. <laughs> um, and so she was copied the fermented cabbage and fish sauce <laughs> combo. While sitting at the table, kind of overpowered the rest of the smells and scents that were going on in the meal. So I'm going to leave my kimchi in the kitchen. Um, but let's see what the rest of Australia is saying sorry for this week on Matt and Alex's National Partner Apology Hotline. 
It's Jake from Ride, apologising to my wife, Jessie. I'm sorry for suggesting kick-ons after our baby shower at our house. You're all right. Baby showers aren't for drinking, and I do need to be wide awake for our first birthing class the day after. <laughs> sorry. Hi, it's Taylor from Langwarren. I'd like to apologise to my partner, Patrick, for mixing up my dirty laundry with the freshly washed laundry. He uh, had to sort through it all by doing the sniff test and it was mostly my worn uh, sportswear and underwear. Sorry. Hi, boys. It's Claudia from Sydney. Um, I just want to apologise to my boyfriend, Lyndon. Um, I left for a long weekend on Friday about midday and I left every single window in the apartment open. Um, He came home on Friday night in Sydney torrential rain after a shit day at work to puddles under every window, including um, his side of the bed, completely saturated, and his pillow, his memory foam pillow soaked through. Um, So, yeah, sorry, Lyndon, my bad. Hey boys, uh, it's Alec from Engadine. I just wanted to uh, apologise to my my beautiful, beautiful uh, fiance Eilish um, for saying that uh, I don't care about her wedding dress. Um, I, you know, I noticed she was stressed um, about about picking the dress, so I thought that uh, hey, you know, I'll assure her that you know it doesn't matter what dress she picks because you'll look beautiful no matter what. Um, yeah, I should have realised how that came across, and I'm sorry for. Uh, for doubling down and, and assuring you that they all look the same. Um, yeah, it looked my bad. I uh, love you. Oh, oh no. wow. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, so what do we do? Because we're giving away. We give away a... We're giving away a body-length white garment. <laughs> yeah. Now, do Not, we... Which do... could be used as a wedding dress. I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. all day, a Matt and Alex all-day breakfast robe, um, it's got that capabilities. Oh no! So I don't. I don't know whether we whether we give the robe to windows up or to. I did wedding like Claudia dress. from Sydney's windows up in the whole house. If we give it to Alec from Engadine and his wedding <laughs> dress saga, he's yeah. got to give it to his partner. That's the problem because I I understood what he was trying to say, which is yeah. <laughs> don't double down, mate. Get out! You, no, I, oh, he made a meal of it. He made an absolute <laughs> four course meal out of it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he could have fed his all his wedding guests with <laughs> that meal. Just, I don't care what you wear; they all look the same. <laughs> yeah, it's not the enthusiasm as required. But the good news is, just for apologising, acknowledging you phrased it awfully, you're going to be getting yourself an all day robe, um, and hopefully your beautiful partner can incorporate it into the wedding day. Yeah, when they're doing all the the makeup beforehand with with the bridesmaids yeah. and stuff. Perfect. Yeah, that's when that yeah, give it to them. Okay. <laughs> Congrats Alec from Engadine. You and, crumb. <laughs> and if you would like to apologize, please send us a voice memo matt.and.alex. Uh hit us up on Insta and uh yeah, their favorite our favorite apology from each week. We'll be getting an incredible Matt and Alex all day robe. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. All day breakfast. So, Matt, I was on the Zoom meeting the other day. A little work work call, checking in. Oh. Did you do video? Yeah. Got to do the video. I'm over video Zooms. 
I don't need to see everyone. Can we all just do it on the phone, please? Back to phone calls. Well, at least just turn the video off so I can walk to the <laughs> shops, you know? Yeah, yeah don't, don't do it to you because you just order burritos during our, meet, our meetings. <laughs> well, what do you want to see my face for? Well, how is that going to help our meeting? I don't know. Your facial expressions? When you're talking about your, how, where the turkin's going to fit, I can imagine it better. Tell you what, you don't want to see my facial reactions with some of your ideas, mate. <laughs> Be that as it may. All right, on the Zoom meeting. Um, and it's just like, it's funny you're watching it there and it's, it's the first time it's been absolute, it's been pretty, it's been chaos, all right, because I get on and the dude I'm chatting with, like, hey, yeah, so I'm just sorry, I might have to be ducking towards the door and back because I'm actually locked in this room. <laughs> like, What? What do you mean? It's like, oh, the door is jammed, the handle is not working. I'm in this room and I've been in here for a few hours, like I'm doing meetings and in between meetings I'm going to the go to the door and my partner's on the other side. We're just trying to get out. Like I literally, before we jumped on this meeting, he had to, had to go to the window, take off the fly screen. It was one of those little handle windy things. So that goes out. He had to, he had to take a wee out the window because he couldn't, no, what? couldn't get out of this room. So we're talking about this stuff, like organizing things for later in the year. He's like, oh, Who just one second, one, one second, one second. Girlfriend's at the door, so it goes on mute. There was a few people in the meeting, so I was chatting to the other, other people. Just see him up, walks out a shot to the to the door to um, organize. Yeah, it was like, how's it going? He's like, yeah, no, I was just going to try try call a locksmith or something. If not, it's like it's the fire brigade is, is coming. So is how, coming did he, how did he lock himself in the room? I don't know. Mate, pull the door shut, handle comes off. I didn't get all the details, but he was genuinely locked in there. There was no food coming in. There was only urine going out. <laughs> that, out the window is... into the flower bed. Well, <laughs> Outside, I mean, because there was nothing else. What else are you going to do? Our, our lift in our apartment building's been been very dodgy. So um, it's broken down three times in this last week. And on the weekend, a guy got, uh, my neighbor got stuck in there. Oh, no. With two removalists. <laughs> so, I mean, oh, no. the small talk. Oh. <laughs> no, right? And it's just out of like mobile phone reach, you know. Like, so the you, coverage you goes can't out even when just you're going down. You can't even all be on your phones. Like you'd all like it's just like removalists and a massive couch pushing you into yeah, the wall or yeah, something like that. Exactly. Oh man. Yeah. So I mean, I, I thought that was bad, but no, getting stuck and having to wee out the window—that's that's bad. Let's hit the phones to find out if you've had a bit of a uh, a chaotic Zoom meeting right now. Dana is joining us from Melbourne. G'day, Dana. Hey, how you going? Good, thanks, Dana. You've had a uh, some Zoom chaos. Yeah, I think it was chaos on the other end. Um, for us, it was just a bit weird and confusing. Um, Before you get into it, Dana, you how how many meetings would you do on a on a daily basis? Oh well, today I've had three Zoom meetings, but on average, there's yeah, that's a, that's about the average every day. Sure. What's <laughs> okay, your What's your PB? Enough. Six. Whoa. In a back to back in a row. What's yeah. your background like? What do you What do you got the setup? Talk us through. <laughs> well, currently it's um it's blurred because I've got big dogs that sort of walk around in the background. So you know if it's a blurry background, they can't really it just mm. looks like weird ghosts behind it. But yeah. I love I love the kid the kid just walking past in the background trying to get something. They're always trying to be inconspicuous. You're like I can see you. Don't worry. Don't try and hide. It's fine. That's all yeah. good. Well, it means you've had plenty of opportunity to uh, to witness some things on there and uh, 
What's the story you caught up about today? Yeah, so it's about a turtle. Um, what? We had, what? Yeah, we had a lady who um, paused the entire meeting, and this was a meeting with external stakeholders, so it wasn't even anyone in my team or yeah. or inside the organisation, asked if we could pause the meeting so she could put her turtle away. <laughs> What do you? Wow. What does she mean away? Like in its pen? Yeah, well, I think I don't know why you just have your turtle wandering around your desk while you're trying to work, but it was, and it was trying to get onto her keyboard. So <laughs> she. Um, the next thing we know, we just see her hand come up across the screen with a turtle, the turtle sort of coming across the screen, and and she disappeared for a little while. Meanwhile, we're all trying to hold. Holding our laughter and be professional. <laughs> yeah, well, it's only fair, you know. You smokers get smoke breaks. You should be able to have a turtle break. To- turtle owners should have turtle breaks for <laughs> just sure. A little pat, just a little tickle <laughs> under the neck there, you know. Maybe like the turtle could... was having a smoke break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bit of both. All right. Well, thank you so much for that, Dana. We'll catch you later. No, worries. thanks, guys. Have a good day. You too, Callum from Melbourne is also with us. G'day, Callum. G'day. How are we? Good. Thanks, Callum. What's your Zoom story? Um, so middle of lockdown, my wife got a new job. Mm-hmm. Um, last job they used to have Friday night drinks all the time. Um, I come accustomed to it. I am a tradie. I finish early. So I come home and have a couple of beers. Well, so the, Packing it up on a Friday um, at 3 p.m. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else you'd be on. doing, mate. <laughs> so you come in, you come into a Zoom red hot. Um, this, well, this is in a new job, and she doesn't do Friday drinks. So I thought I'd be the lovely husband, get her a wine, bring her it midway through her afternoon. And no, they were already having drinks. Um, I walk in in my jocks. <laughs> Holding a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, her Zoom full of about 100 people. Oh, um, no, I thought you were going to say one or two. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, erupted apparently. So, <laughs> and um, how, uh, how's, what was the camera angle that, that um, she was working with there? What, well, what did they cop from you there, Callum? It was probably from shoulders to knees, so just an absolute <laughs> Just the good bit. That's uh, a bullseye. That is a bullseye, my yeah. friend. <laughs> yeah, so I, I saw that. I saw me on the camera, and I quickly dropped a bottle of wine and ran out the door again. So <laughs> Good. Hightailed it out of there. That's yeah, very, very well done. Uh, and is it a <laughs> knock situation from now on, Callum? Uh, it's a little open the door and peek and see if I can see any other people on the screen, so... Oh, great stuff, man. Well, uh, look, happy Friday for tomorrow. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, let's crack the sparkling. Cheers, Callum. (laughs) Thanks, guys. All right, Matt O'Kine, so excited to welcome our next guest to the radio who I just put out their latest album today, We're the Greatest. It sounds a little bit like this.
Yes, so many songs already sounding like classics. It's Middle Kids, and we've got Hannah Joy with us from Middle Kids. Hello, Hannah. Hey, very cool mashup. Oh, thanks very much. I'm a bit worried. Like, do you judge? Do you judge the songs that we've chosen when we do those little (laughs) mashups? Is it? Does it say something about us? Yeah, I'm like, oh, typical. No, no. Is that a real basic (laughs) mashup? That's it. Um, I was reading something. I mean, congratulations on an album, but on the album, by the way. And I I do say an album because it is an incredible feat. Honestly, I, I, I feel like people probably who 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 aren't musicians or in the industry realize how just difficult and how much of a long (laughs) process making an album is. What was this like for you in the middle of a pandemic? I mean, that is true because we've made two EPs as well. And that's like, you know, you're starting to embark and you're like, we're going to make an album. And then it's like, mm, we'll make half. And then <laughs> so to really do it is to do it, you know? Um, but yeah, no, this making this album was awesome. We did it like just before COVID at the end of 2019. So it was kind of like a clutch, mm. a clutch make. Um, we were pushing <laughs> it because I was, seven months pregnant. So we were like, oh, we got to get it out. We got to get out. And which was true, but it was like doubly true because of COVID. You fin- technically finished the album before you had your baby. Yeah. Do you think this album would have been different if you had like become a mother before it came out? It would be different in that it wouldn't exist. <laughs> no, no, not much, not much free time there, Hannah, these days. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, um, yeah, it would be different. Like I think probably like you know I'm already starting the third album, but that first year is such like a wild time. So I'm like. I was glad I had the foresight to kind of be like, I don't know what life is going to be like on the other side, except that I've heard it can be gnarly. And so let's do it. Yeah, incredible. Uh, tell, us, tell us about getting into it because Middle Kids, it seems like you absolutely blowing up and like having that international success, which is so difficult for Australian artists to really sort of tap into. Can you tell us about when you first started realising that potentially things were going a little bit bigger than you sort of concerts down the road and driving a, you know, regional Australian towns and like you're starting to get booked on big US TV shows and stuff like that? Yeah, it was actually super weird because it was like as soon as we put our first track out, Edge of Town, it just somehow like organically got on these college radio stations in America. And we didn't even know at that time that that was like a big deal. We were like, oh, cool, that's like sweet, cute. (laughs) And then um, I think like, yeah, three months later we were over there and basically since then we have spent the majority of our time there. And I think, yeah, being an Australian band, you've just got to like run rings around America and um, they're really built for that kind of touring. It just takes time. And, you know, we were actually meant to move there at the beginning of last year. But, I mean, I'm glad we didn't. But so, yeah, we do kind of really love playing there and kind of investing over there. But, you know, who knows what that's like these days. So, Hannah, I'm keen to hear, I mean, I've, I've read as well that you had a little bit of a crisis um, in faith a crisis of faith when it comes to music did that happen when you were sort of making this album or at least afterwards that's interesting because I like don't remember talking about that and I was like oh my god a crisis how did you know but I must have talked about it because I did (laughs) (laughs) I I mean it was after it was in lockdown like I really Mm. um 
I guess, you know, not touring and for us, like probably some of the most meaningful parts of music is the ability to connect and to, you know, be with people. So, and that's like totally how we spend most of our time. And I think like, I just forgot maybe the power of music and like why, like it just felt really meaningless and, and maybe because it's, you know, this livelihood has been kind of under threat and I thought, oh, you should just go get a normal job like a normal person. And, and there's so much chat about essential workers who are, you know, doing such yeah, an incredible job, but it is easy to, you know, have when you're in that career to sort of feel that sense of devaluement that, you know, you might have with music. Yeah, and it is true. Like I get it in terms mm. of like, you know, that kind of like measured contribution. But I think that's part of the mystery of music is like it is really hard to grasp and measure. Um, but then once you click into it again and or you just even hear a new song that kind of like totally captures your soul, you're like, oh, my gosh, like it can't be measured, but you know it's so special and it's like magic. Um, but I think I just didn't feel that for a while and it was sad because I usually, you know, kind of get in that zone a lot and but I you know we played some shows at the end of last year in November and it was just so special and epic and I kind of I remembered and I remembered how beautiful it is to be with people and to share stories and to share space and so I, I feel like I'm back you know but right. for a while there I was it was getting a bit <laughs> dicey. But it shows how important it is as well when that's one of the first things people want to do. It's just like they've been missing it, they're craving it, and then coming out to these shows. It's absolutely incredible. Middle Kids live performances, always a ripper. And have you been playing I Don't Care from your latest album today, We're the Greatest Live? Because listening to that, it just makes me want to meet my mates front left in the mosh pit and just yell at you on stage. Haddock. Can you tell us a little bit of that song? Probably wasn't chosen for the, our supercut at the start because there are a few swears in there. But can you yeah. tell us the mindset going into that song and, yeah, performing it live, what that sort of feeling's like? Well, um, it's funny because when I first sang that chorus, I kind of just did it as a, like, I was just feeling it in that moment. I was like, oh, this will just be a placeholder and I'll end up writing a much, much more sophisticated melody and lyrics sure. over the top of it. I don't effing care. I'll do what I want to, basically, yeah. is paraphrasing lyrics there. Yep. But then I, it just kind of, like, got its claws into me and then I, it was really felt really good um so it just never went away and it's you know just kind of a big dumb chorus but it is fun to sing and it is funny now because all of our records have this like huge like in terms of the ratio from like record to sticker explicit sign <laughs> it almost takes up like a, I don't know like a sixth <laughs> of the record it's very aggressive for this one song but yep. yeah we're kind of like a badass band now you know? <laughs> oh well Wow. Growing up, if you saw that explicit sign, you're like, ooh, maybe I'll pick, take that one home, <laughs> see if I can get away with it. It was definitely a selling point. Hey, um, Hannah, I'm really interested to know because your, um, your bandmate and husband, Tim, uh, also baby daddy, um, and you, so you've, you've, and I, like I've just had, uh, well, recently had a, a, a daughter myself, so she's two years old now. Maddo kind of being um, the parent of the show. Yep. And I know how much pressure that puts on a relationship, you know, like doing this new, going on this new adventure with someone and like you find yourself at three o'clock in the morning having these like really like arguments being like, well, I don't know. I mean, do we put the 2.5 weighted sleeping bag on or do we put the to the 1.5 and then they're like, it's 24 degrees in the room and you're like, I don't know what, what sleeping bag to put on, right? Like what, what? What do you argue? Like, what was more difficult to navigate? 
the music or the parenting? Oh my gosh. I mean, you know, I guess we've learned how to navigate the music over the last few years, even though that can be pretty like, you know, we're still learning. But um, yeah, that whole realm is like pretty wild being in the total unknown with so much responsibility. And you're just like, oh my gosh. And, you know, I, I think when things are going okay, it's like kind of fine. Sunny was actually um, our baby. He was born cross-eyed and he's like had some health issues too. So we've been like trying to navigate that. And that gets pretty like angsty because you like mm-hmm. worry more, la, la, la. But it's been good for us. Like I think, you know, now we're starting to learn how to balance to be parents and to be like musicians and artists. And um, I mean, truthfully, we don't really still know what we're doing, but like that's okay. We're just like more accepting of that. For sure. And do you think yeah. it's, it, to me, it would be easier being in the same band rather than different bands and trying to um, try to negotiate that, given you'd be on the same schedule, hopefully, and uh, yeah, be able to do that rather than crossing tours and different things like that. It's so true. And like soon, you know, the band, once you start touring again, like that's the family's schedule. So we'll get like our day sheet every day and make sure we send it to Sunny so he knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Lo- uh, Sunny lobby call was at six. You're a little bit late, mate. Uh, pick it up next time. Well, Hannah from Middle Kids, thank you so much for chatting to us at All Day Breakfast. But congratulations again on the Today We're the Greatest album. Really love listening to it. And uh, if you want to check it out, all the streaming platforms, grab a little vinyl, whatever you need to do, support the musicians coming out of this crazy time. And uh, look, Hannah, it's been an absolute pleasure. We'll talk to you again soon, hopefully. Thanks, guys. Oh, thank you so much for listening to All Day Breakfast today. Thanks a lot to Hannah from Middle Kids having a chat to us about their new album. Uh, today we're the greatest. I wish to do it on a tour for as well. If you are uh, going through the Q Pack or Melbourne Recital Centre uh, around the 13th of May, 22nd uh, in Melbourne Recital Centre as well. City Recital Hall's got one. Check out all the dates online. But um, yeah, what a what a legend. Absolutely. And look, thanks to everyone who sent their apologies in. We're going to leave you today with a message from Siobhan. We talked about the pronouncement of weird. Is pronouncement? Is that a word? Pronunciation, I think, is how you pronounce. That's right, that word. I I think is the pronouncement of the word. We we talked about the pronunciation of names earlier this week, and Siobhan has found herself in a similar situation. So we'll leave you with that. Thank you very much for listening to All Day Breakfast. We'll catch you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Hey, Matt and Alex. This is Siobhan from Golgol, New South Wales. Um, I spell my name the traditional Irish way, S-I-O-B-H-A-N, and I thought as a almost 29-year-old I had heard them all. I have been called Siobhan, Shibin, Siobhan, soy barn even but the cherry on top was a GP that I had I hadn't seen him before and he walks out with a piece of paper in his hand and he keeps calling out the name Sean and I'm sitting in the waiting room with five other people and no one stands up and I'm like oh whatever so I just keep scrolling through my phone and I watch him walk over to the reception desk and one of the receptionists looks at the piece of paper and is like oh that's Siobhan that's it the all day breakfast kitchen is closed got a story we need to hear all the links are at mattandalex.com.au listener